Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How was your Easter, Michelle? Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. No, we had a fantastic time. We had the giant Easter egg hunt, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, And then we had our friends from Winkler Farms and Second Chance Ranch. Uh They brought over baby goats and a miniature horse and baby rabbits. And oh my gosh. So the kids probably were just in heaven. They lost their damn minds. Oh, that's so sweet. Way overbought on candy. And so there's... (laughs) All these little kids, like four-year-olds, running around with an entire grocery bag full of candy that That's they can hardly carry. Oh, it was so sweet. And plus in Oregon, it was actually a beautiful day, so everyone could be outside. And... Oh, yeah. We cooked out on the deck. We nice. had the Easter egg hunt. We had the animals there. We had a fantastic time. Right. No, it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, I'm sorry I was not there. Uh, you were missed. Oh, big thank time. you. So, what are we drinking? Oh, fuck. I forgot about the drinks. Yeah. Is it Georgia Gin? Yeah. Is that what it is? It okay. is. So these are delicious, but we had to kind of tweak the recipe just a touch. Yeah. It was just very gin forward. So we had to Apparently we just don't like to taste our alcohol when we drink it. <laughs> That's something but... we realized for this podcast. <laughs> we don't like to taste alcohol. We and... like the mixers. Yeah. So this one, the original recipe is one part gin, a half a part of peach schnapps, yeah. and then you sort of fill your glass with orange juice. Yeah. And we found that it was if you keep the gin one to one to yeah. the peach schnapps, it was maybe a little tastier. Yes. Agreed. And I don't know. It's just that little bit of sweetness. and I think they had a bigger glass as well so they could fill the orange juice maybe a little more. Maybe. And we were in the middle of killing a bottle of gin, so maybe we went a little heavy with the gin. Yeah, because we had to... We don't waste here. Yeah. So, and if there's a little bit, we just had to, you know... We just got to drink it. Exactly. So we drank it. (laughs) And then we got into another giant bottle of gin just after that. Thank you, Michelle, for bringing that. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Fucking Joel brings home that goddamn aviation gin and... It's Ronald Reynolds. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Ronald Reynolds. You cannot go wrong with He's Ronald Reynolds. He's a good looking Reynolds. guy. Oh, my so... God. And I love Blake Lively. I try to get my hair just like her. You did. You sent a picture to your hairdresser. <laughs> She's like, girl, sorry. Cute. No, it turned out great. I can try my hardest. No. <laughs> now I have hair like Alexis from uh, Schitt's Creek. Oh, that's cute. That's, yeah. what, that's what I went for okay. this time. All right. All right. You're going to kick us off, Caitlin? I am. So this is a badass story. Ooh, I but, like badass stories. Yeah, but it still sucks. But I mean, Oh, so it's shitty and a badass story. Yeah, but, is it about a woman kind of overcoming badass, awful situations? Oh my God, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's right. You're right. So it's not an April Fool's. I already did that, so... <laughs> God damn it. I'm still smarting over that thing. You'll get yours. Oh, I do apologize, though, for calling you stupid. I called you a stupid slut. I should have just kept it to slut. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even realize. I was just so, like, proud of that moment. So you could call me whatever you, you want, Michelle. You fucking nailed it. You nailed it. Okay. No, I didn't think you would be rude to me intentionally ever, no. Michelle. So. <sighs> All right. This story is about... 
Angela Champagne from. Okay. It's a hyphen. So it is April 2012, and we are in Anoka, Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota. I had, um, I took my grandma um, when I was like 16. Uh-huh. I needed to take her to go live with my uncle. Uh-huh. And he lived in Indiana, which was, and it bordered like Minnesota. So it was like right okay. there. And I came back with the biggest accent. Really? I was there for like three days and I somehow picked up their I feel accent. like people do that when they move, you know, or it's just around really people with easy. accents. And yeah. yeah and so... Was there just... was, I was at a bachelorette party and this one chick was from the South and she had a Southern accent and I found myself just copying the... her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's like, are you like copying like, me? I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, I just, that's what I hear. So I just did it. But it was so cute. Like, yeah. I no, think it's a little Southern accent is cute. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. Any accent. Tea and some sun. Like, it's so cute. <laughs> like, I don't know. Was, that's terrible. But. Okay, sorry. All right, all right, I'm sorry. So, Angela is 29 years old. And we are in Minnesota. Minnesota. And she is pretty athletic, and she's actually training for a marathon that she wanted to compete before she was 30 years old. Oh, shit, okay. So, four years earlier, when she wanted to start to run, she actually hired a running coach. Okay, so she's... She wants to run. She's invested. Exactly. Okay. But this trainer turned out to be her boyfriend. Oh dear. Yeah, I know. So did they meet while she was training? And he was. Then that was he. They, she was his train. I mean, he was her trainer. And then they started dating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So now it is around 4 p.m. on a Thursday, and she is in a parking garage. Oh god. And she is parked a few steps away from the elevator and she was heading from work to school. So she was getting her bachelor's in women's studies and legal studies cuz she was a paralegal, so she's oh. getting her degree and All such. All right. All right. Good for you, girl. Yeah, fucking so. making it happen. She's going to make those dollar dollar bills, <laughs> exactly. you know what I'm saying? So as she was just a few steps away from the elevator, a man in a business suit walks up and pulls a knife to her throat. What? I'm like, he's in a business suit. Exactly. Okay. So, <gasps> but she thought it was a joke. Like, she's this like, what is the not fuck are happening. You doing? So she grabbed the knife and cut her thumb. And she's like, oh, this is a real knife. Oh, shit. She's like, you're so dumb. Yeah. Give me that. And then she's like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. I'm Ugh. bleeding. He put the knife to her throat and said, we're going for a ride. And her first thought was, no, the fuck, we are not going for a ride. You go, girl. Yeah. So even though she was 29 years old, she still remembers a self-defense class she took in high school. Okay. So she stomped on his feet. She clawed his face, bit his hand, jabbed at his crotch, and just was kicking and screaming, being loud and violent as much as she could. When you said she was a badass, you were not wrong. I know, right? You nailed it. So she was definitely not going into that car. Yeah. She was not going. So. Well, and that's what you should do, right? I mean, you should make as much commotion as you can. Fight as hard as you can. Go for all the soft spots that you possibly can find. I mean, even if you've never took a self-defense class, they said just be violent in any way. So just mm. scratch, scream, hit. Palm their anything. fucking nose right back into their brain. Exactly. Mm. Just, yeah, make as much commotion as you can. Mm, and during this right. whole ordeal, he did stab her through the stomach. <gasps> oh, God. 
But even being stabbed, she did not stop her She's fight like, back. She's like, fuck it. I don't even care. Exactly. I don't even care. And finally, this whole thing lasted three minutes. So mm. three, it doesn't sound long, but three minutes is a long time. Yeah, to be fighting for your life. Exactly. Are you fucking kidding? Yes. Yeah. So she kept fighting and after three minutes he stopped and he started to run but before he left he says you're lucky you're a fighter and he left Mm. she was probably like "Uh uh-uh not on mine and then she's like you know running after him like crazy (laughs) (laughs) she's like i'm taking him down well the the stab room that she got the wound was actually 10 inches deep and it was oh. so deep that the tip of the blade reached her back muscles. <gasps> Isn't that disgusting? Oh, like, oh my god. So it essentially almost hit her spine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a big knife. Yeah. I mean, that was not like a little switchblade that no, he had. No, 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 no. It was a full-on knife. Oh my god. And he went full force into That's her abdomen. Terrifying. Isn't it? And that just got, uh, back yeah. muscles. Yeah. <sighs> So she was bleeding a lot, and she gets to her phone and calls 911. So is she still in the elevator at this point? No, not in the ele- she was only a few steps away from the elevator. Oh. She was going from school to work. So she was I leaving. See. Okay, so she's just still in the parking garage, yep. though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, sorry. So she calls 911, but 911 dispatch could not locate her in the parking garage because of such a huge structure. Oh my God. So Angela, losing a lot of blood, she had to run down four flights of stairs just so she could get the help. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. I know. Angela. Right? She lost so much blood that the homicide department was called in to take pictures. Oh my god, so they just figured she was dead. Mm-hmm. Oh. She lost so much blood. There must have been blood everywhere. Yeah. Like, it was. Yeah. It, her going down the stairs. The, oh my god, what a nightmare. Thing. Oh my god. But she got to the hospital and she went straight into surgery. Her liver and adrenal gland were lacerated and mm. she had to spend several days in the hospital recovering. But she did survive the surgery and the stab wound and everything. Oh my god. I'm like, got a little bit of goosebumps. I know. The man who attacked her was convicted sex offender Robert John Mayers. Okay. And he had convictions in several states. Oh. And he had a long list of assaulting women. He would go to great lengths just dressing up. He would say he was a student. He dressed up as a doctor. You know, he well, was... Well, and you trust him. I mean, there's yeah. just an inherent trust that comes along when you see a doctor. You mm-hmm. just assume he's not a psychopath. Or he's... a student on, like, a campus. Or someone in a business suit in a parking garage, you know. It's just... I mean, I don't know what I expected. But for some reason, it's like, if you're in a business suit... You're there to do business and not, like, rape and shit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just... I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry, but... No, but it's just... It's just crazy what lengths people would go to to do that. It's yeah. insane. Like, you can't trust anyone. Well, and so premeditated. Mm. That's the part that's so scary right. is he's thinking about it ahead of time before he ever finds a victim he's figuring out what he's gonna wear and how he's gonna look and probably probably... has a fucking backstory yeah and the whole thing oh god it's terrible it is terrible motherfuckers but police were able to locate him and they found red marks and scratches all over him because of angela oh this is my dog what it's like nah man yeah but they found angela's dna on his clothes 
So, which, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I ever got kidnapped, I would leave as much DNA. I would rip my hair out if need be, leave it in the car, leave as much DNA as I can to connect us all. I'm not thinking of Pippin tearing off his little <laughs> elven Oh my gosh. That's right. <laughs> I need Get to stomped on by orcs. I'm fucking Lord Later. of the Rings. I'm sorry. It worked though. Because oh. it was like they went into the forest. Yeah. They found they him. Here. Did they not? Yeah, they, they did. <laughs> oh. I'm ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm still reading it. It feels like fucking eternity. It's a hard read. It's a long one. It's a motherfucking long <laughs> And considering I read like five pages before I fall asleep at night, <laughs> it's taken six million years. So... He was convicted to first degree assault with aggravating factors. Mm. And he was convicted of the maximum of 20 years. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. At sentencing, he stated that he hated women. Uh, well, that feels obvious. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need to let us know that. Yeah. Thank you. That would have been my closing <laughs> argument as the other lawyer. Well, he hates it's women. Weird. There we go. Yeah. You can't admit it now because I just told you to your stupid face. The thing about Minnesota, though, is that convicts serve two-thirds of their sentencing behind bars if they maintain good behavior. Oh, dear. I would assume he's maintaining good behavior because there's no women in his prison, you know, and he hates women, so other men I think he'd be fine with. Probably. So, I don't know. Again, like, where did that hatred of women come from? Was his mom really mean to him? It could be. Like, it usually stems from you know, childhood and their mother's relationship. So, yeah. so much is has to do with your relationships with your parents. Which is weird, but it could like guide Fuck you your... up so bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're know. calling you fucked up, sir. <sighs> In your stupid business suit. Yeah, stupid business suit. Doctor badge, whatever. <laughs> uh, You're done. We hate you. So Angela was unable to run her marathon that was supposed to happen in October of that year. I'm assuming it has to do with that giant stab wound she got. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <sighs> no, she was unable to run. She still went though, apparently. But at the finish line, her boyfriend proposed to her. So <gasps> God damn it. I know. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Is she living in matrimonial bliss now? Well, so she said that the attack was dark, brutal, and evil. But she ended up going back to her old high school and worked with the students there, taking the same self-defense class that she did. I know, right? I don't even know what I want to say. I know. That's awesome. Because that shit saved her life. Yeah. I I mean, mean, she just tapped into it after like 10 years you know i think it gives people some confidence i think it gives women some confidence even though you took one class it's like i learned some techniques that if i ever am in a situation i can kind of hone into i guess yeah i can make myself a little more safe Mm -hmm. oh goodness so she graduated from hamline university and got married oh that's awesome she even launched the fight like a girl campaign oh hot damn i know right i have to say This has nothing to do with you, Angela. Well, maybe it does. But I sort of get offended when it's like, oh, you threw that like a girl. And it's like, I'm going to throw it like a girl right in your stupid face. Yeah. Like, I just, I do find myself kind of pissed. It's like, what are you telling girls that, you know, we're subpar? Yeah, right. Exactly. So, nah. No, absolutely. Nah. Especially growing up in softball, like... Yeah, I'm going to throw like a fucking girl because I can throw probably faster than you. Yeah. Ass. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, don't know, I get so mad with just 
these things that are just part of our normal conversation, yeah. but they're very actually, when you think about it, pretty degrading to women and yeah. I get upset. So this campaign, this is intended to reclaim the negative mocking views that society has about fighting, hitting, daily, anything about like a girl. Oh, see? Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you. Exactly. Thank you for launching that, Angela. Yeah. A year after the attack, Angela hosted her very first public event at Blaine City Hall. More than 70 people came and listened to Angela. She shared her story. She even shared the 911 call that she did. Oh, Crime I scene... hate listening to 911 oh, calls. Crime scene photos and even her recovery story. Her homicide, homicide photos that they Yo, took of oh her. Oh my gosh. <sighs> she quotes, I believe if he got me into that car, I wouldn't be here today. I want to be remembered as an intelligent fighter who survived every woman's worst nightmare mm. and go on to touch the hearts of, of as many women as possible by sharing my survival story and advocating for silent victims. Mm. Well, you know what? You touched my heart here today, right? Angela. Her parting words to her attacker is, you messed with the wrong chick. You fucking did. He sure you sure did. You fucking did. Oh, is that, that was so awesome. empowering? Like, ah! It is empowering. Good job, Caitlin. Yeah. Thank you. I have another empowering story. Ah, that's if great. You will, a little I bit. feel like, I don't know, maybe we're just. We're vibing hard. It, yeah, that we're we vibing. have like the same. It's really easy for making titles if we have the same <laughs> type of thing. So I appreciate us, you know, connecting. Strong ladies, yeah. if you will. No, I just think she did such a great job. And I think even once a self-defense class will make any woman more confident mm. about even walking to their car, walking at night. I mean, well, I find myself being too polite yeah. and not wanting to hurt anyone's feelings or anything mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, you just, you can't do that. I just see so many videos of women just walking down the street and they just call out to women and they don't want, they don't want that attention. Yeah. And then when they don't respond, then it goes to, bitch, you immediately slut. Mean. You're not that pretty. You're just a bitch. It's just like, wow, that was a 180. And just because you I'm felt... literally just trying to walk down the road. Exactly. My car is there. Now I feel like I got to walk with my keys out so I can stab you in the eyeball if you yeah. come near me. I mean... I can't even good. tell you how many times I've been like put into very awkward situations yeah. and it's like I end up my response is like laughing and because it's like a nervous laughter though because yeah. like what do you do and it's like oh, I gotta ex get myself out of this situation exactly. now in the most polite way I can mm -hmm. rather than like you're a dirtbag and get the fuck away from me yeah you know so now that I'm older one I don't get hit on as much <laughs> and two I'm a little braver to Whatever. tell him to fuck off look at that Alexis hair I know that's down. true that's true I did have a kick-ass braid so oh my god that's hilarious uh okay well um, this is a different my story is about a different type of predator oh, if you will okay. not the mankind <laughs> if you will the worst <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, see, now I even want to apologize. Sorry, all men. Nah. Nah, nah, nah. I will not apologize. I'll only apologize to the good men. All That's the right. shitty men can go fuck themselves. Exactly. <sighs> all right. So I'm going to take us back to 1992. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're, we're kicking it back a little bit. And we are in Lillooet. Is that how we decide to say it? Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Good. 
the village of Lillouette in Canada. Okay. Um, so we're heading north a little bit. And so this story is about Lorraine Leach. Okay. And so she is a daycare provider. Oh. So it's her and she watches over five children. Mm -hmm. So this has kind of been a dream of hers for some time. She has been a single mom. She's raised three teenagers. Oh, wow. And yeah, well done just there. (laughs) Survival story, whole nother kind. So she's just really excited. I mean, she still has a lot of trepidation about having the daycare, about, you know, whether she's you know, taking care of the kids well enough Mm -hmm. and whether she has enough kids to be able to pay her bills and all this stuff. Right. So she's still fairly new, but again, this has been a dream of hers for a long, long time. And so she's thrilled to be watching the kids that she is. So on this particular day of the daycare, she, it was her and five kids and they were out painting and this is actually July. So it's very warm out. Mm. And so by 10 AM, she's thinking it's time to go find some shade. Okay. It's like, we've been painting out in the sun. It's now it's 10 AM. It's getting pretty warm. So let's go. There's the Fraser river just down here. Let's go pick berries on the way down to the river and seek some shade. Cute. Okay. So Yeah. Super cute. So off they went. So on this day, she was watching uh, five kids. Three of the kids were siblings. So that's Mikey. He's age two. Jessica. She's five. And then Alicia, who's three and a half. And then she was also watching four-year-old Natani and... A little bubbly toddler named Lisa. Cute. So, ah, So they all sort of grab hands and head down to go pick berries and be at the river. So after clearing away the painting supplies and handing each child an empty jar, she called for her dog, Pal, which is the sweetest fucking name ever. Her little German shepherd puppy, which I love even more. As we all know, I have lots of German shepherds. Jessica and Natini mm-hmm. sort of pair off and head off together, holding hands. Cute. Probably the cutest thing ever. And then Mikey and Alicia and Lisa all sort of chain together and hold Lorraine's hand. Okay. And then they head down together. So, so like two little groups. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We got the two ahead and then the four behind, I guess, the three kids and the... Uh, Lorraine. Mm -hmm. And so they head down and um, they're going over this dusty gravel road and then on to a dirt trail among the trees. And the two oldest girls sort of break into a run and start running through the long brown grass to get closer to the river, Hmm. if you will. But she can see them all. I mean, it's not like they're taken off and are in the brush now and they're gone forever. Nothing like that. (laughs) So the other little kids sort of rush to keep up, but they can't quite. So the other two are up ahead, but they end up finding a bunch of berries. So they're like, oh, check out these berries. And they're munching on them. And it's just a fucking delight all over. So they, like I said, they each had an empty jar and that was to fill up their berries. Mm -hmm. So after about 20 minutes or so, each of the kids had filled up just about their full jar of berries. So they keep heading down and they're looking for sort of a cool shady spot to sort of munch on their berries. And Are these like 
Blackberries, raspberries. They are. God damn it, Caitlin. Of course, they're chicomberries. Uh, I don't know what the fuck they are. I'm sorry, that's what you said. You're just going to say berries. C H A U K U M. I don't know what kind of berries. I'm sorry. I'm, we just had this conversation. I, no, you can keep it. I don't care. Chicum. Chicum? Chicum berries? Chicum? I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar either. I'm not real clear. I actually even looked it up and I was still not familiar. Yeah. I'm sure they're delicious. Yeah. Because uh, when Mickey tried one, he said, mmm, good, and <laughs> wanted to collect more. There we go. <laughs> so they're tasty. Okay. Like I said, they headed down closer to the river, mm-hmm. and Lorraine had them all get into a circle. Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they sort of pass a feather around, and then they can speak honestly to each other. So That's it's just adorable. Yeah, it's an exercise for the kids. You know, I'm sure to help them with communication mm-hmm. and all kind of honesty and all kinds of taking crazy turns. Stuff. Taking turns exactly. Whoa. And she was also worried about one of the kids wandering off. And oh. if they're all sitting in a circle, they can't do that. Yeah. But actually what happened is little Alicia, who's two and a half, jumped up and sort of ran off. And so yelling, come back, Lorraine yeah. had to jump up and kind of run after her. So when she came back, she noticed that the kids had gone sort of quiet. Oh. And she was like, hmm. And so... She sort of kept looking around, and then she saw a cat the size of her German Shepherd <gasps> standing over little Mikey. Oh, my gosh. And the cat's head was down and out of sight because all she could sort of see was it hunched over, and she could see its shoulder blades sort of sticking out, and the head was down. Do you know what I mean? So she was looking at it from behind. Oh, if I that see. Made. So she could see the tail and everything, uh-huh. the shoulder blades, but no head. And that poor Mikey was underneath. underneath. Oh, my gosh. And the the tail was sort of whipping back, (gasps) back and forth. And that one of the other girls, uh, Natani, was like, stop licking Mickey's face. And as as though she was sort of talking to a house cat or something Uh like that. And so Lorraine couldn't really figure out what the fuck was going on, but she knew it was not a good situation. Uh, Yeah. Because it was not a house cat. It was, in fact, a cougar. (gasps) And she couldn't tell whether Mickey had been bitten or not, but he was silent and not moving, just laying there, and the cat appears to be essentially devouring him. (gasps) Yeah, it's not good. So she's like, her mind was racing and instinct took over and she just leaped at the cat. Wow. So she sprang at the cougar and she had actually intended to grab grab the tail. Uh And in fact, she ended up grabbing it by the scruff of its neck Uh and sort of throwing throwing it it back and forth, like sort of just shaking it as hard as she could. And instantly, the cougar sort of unsheathed its claws and turned on her (gasps) and went to just, like, swipe her. Okay. You know, just swipe her face or whatever. Oh, my gosh. And it turns out, like, normally, the cougar would have probably instantly killed Mikey, but it was just more curious and started licking his face. Oh, so he was licking him. Yeah, he was just licking him, as it turns out, and not eating his poor little face off. But now it is intent on Lorraine. Right. 
So it's growling and hissing and it sort of stretched up into, uh, so it's like on its hind quarters uh-huh. and up on two legs, I guess, and yeah. kind of going at her with its forearms. Oh my gosh. And so somehow she's fucking five foot one. Oh, so, she's tiny. Yeah, she's tiny. Somehow she manages to grab a hold of its forearms. So she's got one leg in each arm. Uh-huh. One and arm. One, yeah. There's one leg in each arm? One of the cougar's legs in each of oh. her arms. Got if it. that makes sense. Yep, I so got four, it. I got two it. forearms, two yeah. hands, she's holding it back. And she manages to sort of slip its claws like under with her thumbs. Like she pushes claws back in? Yeah, just kind of just sort of or more just sort of folds um, its I see, its I paws see. like back in on themselves. I see, yes. But one paw actually managed to escape and just went after her shoulder. And oh so gosh. her shoulders like completely ripped open. And she knew that this cougar was capable of killing her. Like 100%. Yeah, absolutely. It was still a pretty young cougar, which is the reason that they think that Mikey was not killed right away. It was because it was a young cougar that had oh. more curiosity mm-hmm. rather than sort of this... Instinct to immediately kill. So she yells at all the four other kids Mm -hmm. to like, get behind me and stay behind me. And she is still holding the cougar up by its like two forearms. Oh my gosh. And what do you do? It's like, do I let go? Do I just keep holding him? Well, and that's kind of where she was at. So what she ended up doing is like summoned all of her strength and all the while sort of yelling as Uh well. And she sort of pushed it as far sort of yeah. back on itself as she could. Okay. And so with the pushing and all the yelling, the cougar actually got scared. Oh, wow. So she was able to get the cougar to kind of cower and sort mm-hmm. of run off. And so the whole time, though, she's like, pal, do something <laughs> like save us i don't know and the poor german shepherd was like oh he was there yeah and he's like nah really (laughs) yeah it was like a lot of barking and stuff but pal didn't jump into action for (laughs) quite a while and what she ended up yelling at the cougar as she's like pushing him away Mm -hmm. is like leave us alone and get out of here and and pal do something And actually, after the cougar fell backwards, it sort of rolled and then sort of ran away. That's when Pal jumped into action. (laughs) The cougar's leaving. It's like, I got this. I can do it. (laughs) I can take care of things now. So that's pretty much exactly correct. Pal's thinking about himself (laughs) or herself. So actually, without knowing it, Lorraine had reacted exactly as you should have oh you should be aggressive with your apparently according to this you Mm -hmm. should be aggressive with your movements and shout very loudly Mm. and cougars can lose their appetite for killing if they're angrily confronted oh so go at them hard if you're getting attacked like that's what it sounds like so watching the cat retreat pal gave chase (laughs) now as i said He was barking madly and running after him. And actually, the cougar ended up jumping up into a pine tree. Oh, wow. And, like, went way up. And Pal was still, like, barking at the, you know, the trunk and stuff. That's my dogs. It's like, 
now that the cougar's gone, I can probably help right, out yeah. a little bit more. Now that it's scared, I'll just I'll just add to it. Yeah. <laughs> so Lorraine rushed over to Mikey, who at this point had not moved or anything, made any noises, and was just laying in the sand, silently in the sand. Oh my gosh. The left side of his face and neck were completely bathed in blood. Are you serious? Yeah. He was breathing and his eyes were open. And actually they were so open they seemed to bulge from his face. But he was not responding or anything. (gasps) So that poor little boy was probably just completely in shock. And then Lorraine looked over to Lisa and she was also like just had blood everywhere. And she's like, oh my God. So she picked up Mikey and she picked up Lisa and she called to the other children and said, we're going home now. Uh And so, and she saw their terror as they looked up at her and she's like, let's go and let's go as fast as we can. And so all the kids are just like booking it, booking it out of there. So they scrambled up the hill. Lisa was crying. Mikey was still completely silent. And Lorraine's, found very quickly that it was too much to carry both kids so she sort of put mikey down a little bit and that's when he sort of came out of a stupor oh and he sort of started crying owie and immediately burst into tears i mean this poor little two and a half year old so she pulled him along and pal our german shepherd actually lingered behind and oh. was still keep an eye for the cougar and everything. So Pal okay. sort of came in he, and helped. He stepped up. Yeah. Thank you, Pal. And she was like, everything's going to be all right. She kept trying to console the kids. But deep down, she was not so certain. Yeah. The cougar could be anywhere. She had considered, like, what it had already done. Mm-hmm. Lisa and Mikey were bleeding all over. And I'm sure she was also because it really nabbed her shoulder. So within five minutes, they were inside And that's when Lorraine became aware of all of her pain. She could feel like the lacerations in her chin and neck, but she realized that all of her wounds were shallow. Lisa Uh had been lucky as well. The cougar had clawed within an inch of her right eye. Oh my gosh. um, And it actually ended up taking 20 stitches to sort of stitch up that laceration from the the cougar swipe. And it sounded like Mikey needed a few stitches as well. And both kids got tetanus shots. But other than Mm -hmm. that, all the kids were fine. Other than just the few stitches. Very lucky. And she actually, Lorraine herself, didn't even need any stitches. Oh. Uh, she just got cleaned up, and then she got sent home. And turns out she was so sore the next day that oh, she I could bet. hardly move. I mean, just, I mean, she wrestled a cougar. A cougar. She carried kids up a hill. I, I mean, she got scratched. Like, Pure she... adrenaline, I'm yeah. sure. That's crazy. Ugh. And I guess, so she had the kids paint pictures fairly soon after uh-huh. that. Lisa, I should say, did not come back to the daycare. Oh, she didn't? No, her parents, it well, sounds I like, mean, pulled her. No offense. <laughs> I probably may do the same, you know? Yeah. But... I mean, it's not her fault, but the whole situation kind of sucks. Yeah. But Mikey came back. And yeah. I guess the paints, the paintings that they did during that time were splattered with red, like, all (gasps) over. So they were processing their own stuff. That's good, though. Process, kids. Process. So about a week later, Uh uh, Mikey decided he was going to take the eagle feather, which is what they pass around in their circle, 
And he told them that he had a dream the night before. And Lorraine asked, like, what did you dream about? And uh-huh. she said, "I." he said, I saw an eagle. He was sitting on a bed. And then he flew over me. And so in their oh. Lilouette folklore, the eagle is a side of strength sent by ancestors as an assurance that the person who sees it will be kept safe. So it was like an assurance that Mikey would be kept safe going forward. And she knew that was actually a sign that Mikey was feeling a little bit more secure again. Good. Lorraine actually felt better herself. She felt like she had met the greatest challenge of her life head on and she went for it. And turns out that she ended up so police and a local conservation officer mm-hmm. went in search of the cat to, you know, put it down, oh. unfortunately. And they couldn't find it. They couldn't find it. And then about a week later or so, they ended up finding it and mm. putting it down. Which always makes me a little sad because it's yeah. like these poor things are only trying to live their lives. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, we don't want them killing poor little children. Yes, that's true. And then her village uh, ended up giving her an award for outstanding bravery. Aww. And uh, they all ended up being okay and that was kind of the end of it. But That's good. Aww. Man. Aww. You put like fighting a cougar on your resume. You know? <laughs> I, know. I will fight wild animals for your children. Yeah. That has to be. I you mean, know? yeah. Can you even imagine like, and she didn't know if Mikey was alive or dead. I mean, yeah. and she just went action. Yeah. How eerie was it? You come back to a circle of silent kids and you look over and one's just like laying on the ground with a cougar in front of like, <laughs> I know, and it's like, you shouldn't uh, do that. What yeah. did poor little Lisa say? Stop it's licking like... his face. Yeah. Oh. Like, uh, but he had, the bobcat had time to like scratch one. It scratched them both. Yeah. Yeah. Got Lisa. Pinned poor little Mikey down and then ended up sort of scratching up uh, Lorraine a little bit. But the other three kids were fine. Yeah. Probably a little traumatized from the whole situation. (laughs) Good for her, man. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would take my kid back because she's, she's willing to fight a wild animal, you know, to protect my children. That's That's, right. I mean. That's dedication, man. Come on. Yeah. I'm I would to... definitely, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you would be what like, you oh, here's my baseball bat that I carry with me always. <laughs> I just bashed its head in. This one's retractable. So <laughs> I can put it in my pocket. Oh, my God. <laughs> if I ever find a fucking retractable baseball oh bat, gosh. that is your present. <laughs> it would beat the pocket salt. Yeah. <laughs> pocket salt. Oh, um, I love pocket salt. I actually used it. I'm like, this, I had a... A boiled egg for breakfast. And I'm like, this needs salt. And I'm like, I have it. It's in my purse. Just in case I need to eat another human being. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but good job, Lorraine. Like, my yeah. gosh. Powerful yeah. women. Powerful fighting women. Back. Males, animals, can't stop Cougars. us. I can't know. stop us. Well, good job, Lorraine. Like, ah, uh, good job. Nailed Ladies it. Women, yes. These women were so great. This was a great storytelling for the ladies. That's right. So, all right. Well, those were great stories. Those were and, great. Uh, well done, Angela. Well done, yeah. Lorraine. Good job. Fucking killing your own predators. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. The only thing would have been better is if Angela had, like, stabbed him somehow. Right like, to his took stupid the knife spine. and then, yeah. Yeah. But like, she made it easy for them to find him because he was all scratched up and shit <laughs> with Good her job. DNA, so... 
all over the motherfucking place. Exactly. Good job. Good job. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we thank you, you, Georgia Jens. Yeah, Georgia Jens. For Gins. the buzz that I've got going on. Exactly. So uh, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can email us at I should totally be dead right now at gmail.com. You can see our website, I should totally be dead right now.com and all of that and yeah. all the podcast platforms. Just, just listen. Just fucking find it. Come yeah. on. Come on. Come on. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Bye.